Well, the virus has now killed more than 100 people in China, and new cases have been confirmed around the world. So you don't want to frighten the American public. France and South Korea have also got evacuation plans. But you need to prepare for and assume. Strongly warning Americans to avoid all non-essential travel to China. That this is going to be a real serious problem. France, Australia, Canada, the US, Singapore, Cambodia, Vietnam, the list goes on. Health officials are investigating more than 100 possible cases in the US. Germany, a man has uh, contracted the virus. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. Japan, where a bus driver uh, contracted the virus. Coronavirus has killed more than 100 people there and infected more than 4,500. We have to prepare for the worst, always, because if you don't and the worst happens. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, we're going to get up Dr. Navarro. By the way, we're doing a, uh, you know, over the weekend, I think the Friday afternoon shows and Saturday morning were live uh, from um, Metro Phoenix area over at Charlie Kirk and the uh, uh, Turning Point USA team's fantastic conference on defeating the um, the Great Reset. Uh, and so today, this afternoon, for 5 to 7, we're going to be live. We're going to have in Washington, D.C., Peter Navarro. We're going to have guest John Tamney, the editor-in-chief of Real Clear Markets. Dave Walsh is going to be there. Dave Bratt is going to be a host of people. We're going to get Mike Lindell beamed in. It's going to be uh, incredible. We're going to go through... Uh, the politics of what we need to do to win on November 8th and to execute after that what has to happen, the policies that we have to stand firm on. We're going to talk a lot about the, the uh, deficit, a lot about the budget, a lot about the, the debt ceiling, all of it. So it's going to be a uh, – Dr. Navarro is going to anchor from a live event with the launch of his new book uh, in Washington. And, uh, of course, we're on the road uh, up until November 8th, so we will uh, – we will be doing it remotely, but it's going to be intense, incredible, and uh, I'm going to be bringing a lot of people into this, so it's going to be great. Um, Dr. Navarro is going to come in in a minute. He's working on some charts, I think, uh, as we uh, as we chatted about. But I want to bring in Mark Meckler. Mark is one of the founders of the Tea Party movement, a guy I've known for over a decade, uh, not just incredibly smart and very tough, but a great organizer. And he's really been the driving force of back at the convention of state. So I had Rick Santorum on, Senator Santorum on Friday, Tremendous presentation, but a lot of the audience, not a lot, I would say, you know, a third to 40 percent, but some of our most dedicated uh, followers and a lot of people who said, interestingly enough, that they were big supporters of the convention of states when you and, and particularly Mark Levin and others started are saying, hey, hang on, I've rethought it or some guys are coming out and saying everything. So get us up to speed. What, what, where, do, where do we currently stand? And they said, hey, some of the states have backed off it. Where do we stand? And quite frankly, Meckler, you're such a special guy. Why have you, of all, you know, you were the Tea Party guy. You were one of the driving forces in back of winning 63 seats uh, in, uh, in 2010. Why have you really dedicated your professional life to, 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 to accomplish this? Mark Meckler. Yeah, I'm going to start with the last question first. You know, it's funny, Steve. I remember literally, I think the first time I met you was standing in line to go into the Russell office building during the height of the Tea Party days. So we've been in this fight a long time together. That goes way back. You probably don't have to wait in line anymore. Uh, so look, this is why I'm doing it, because back in 2010, we won the largest swing majority in the history of Congress since 1938. I believed everything was going to change. And frankly, not a damn thing changed. They went in. The swamp ate them alive. If I was going to do politics for the rest of my life, I was going to do it in a way that was going to make a difference. And that really didn't make a difference, unfortunately. We helped change the narrative. A lot of good people got elected. I'm glad for that. But Congress didn't really change at all. 
And so I went back and with the help of some friends, Mike Ferris among them, re-looked at the system and said, well, if electing this large swing class wasn't enough, what's it going to take? And it wasn't about presidents. It wasn't about elections. It wasn't about personnel. It's that we've broken the structure of our system of governance. We can put as many good people in Washington, D.C. as we want. We're not going to fix it without fixing the structure. And I think it's really important, and you're talking about this, we have to take the legislative branch. We have to take the executive branch. We get that done and we get more good people on the courts. And then what? Because the problem is anytime the administration swings back to Democrat or to radical progressive and Marxist, which is what they really are, we're going to lose a bunch of those gains. And so the way that you fix it is you do the structural fix. The founders gave us the way to do that in Article 5 of the Constitution, and that's okay, what we're doing. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah. I want to get into how you're going to do it, but I just want to set yep. the frame. So if you have a a three-pronged approach, and one we're driving for, obviously not just take the House with the appropriations, but really the big is to drive through 2024 to get yep. Trump back in. And, and in that Schedule F, we now know of the 4,000 political appointees, the whole key is yep. to deconstruct the administrative state, this leviathan that's grown to be a fourth branch of government, quite frankly, has overwhelmed the other three branches. Th that's right. one. We now know in the courts, particularly with Gorsuch as the as the intellectual, the and I say this as much as Roe v. Wade is massive, that the EPA versus West Virginia is actually bigger, and it shows you the direction the court's going. So you have the courts and the uh, and the young appointees on the federal bench also looking at deconstructing the administrative state. Your point is that that's good. And it's it's necessary, but particularly the legislative and the executive, can, we can go back and forth. You're saying at a deeper level, if you want to take on the Leviathan, you've got to structurally do it. Because what's happened is they've, thrown, they've burned the Constitution over the last 30 or 40 years right. where we've had this Leviathan. And your point is that, hey, we need to focus on the administrative state. And the way we need to do that is the statics and dynamics of the structure. And the way we do that, we're not going to amend the Constitution to get out of this, we got to go back and actually have a convention of states where we can then put forward proposals to do that. Is that essentially the theory of the case? Yeah, that is the theory of the case. And let me be a little bit more specific for you, Stephen. You're talking about the administrative state. We need to say constitutionally, no, the federal government may not be involved in education or health care or energy or the environment. These are things that were never intended for a centralized federal government. And the only way to prevent the government from doing them permanently is to prohibit the federal government from doing them permanently. Is that, so that's, those are the types of things you're talking about. And you're saying the constitution not just allows for this, but the founders actually thought that this was a way that people could actually keep the federal government in check. Is, is that also your theory of the case? Yeah, and I would say it's not a theory. This is just fact. If you read Madison's notes, two days before the end of convention, September 15, 1787, Mason stands, and he says, we have a problem. We've given the power to Congress to propose amendments, but not the same power to the people acting through the states. And he says, are we so naive to believe that a federal government that becomes a tyranny will ever propose amendments to restrain its own tyranny? And we know what they said. His, his comment there is nincom, which is Latin, short for no comment. Nobody argued, no debate. They said, we're going to have to give the power to the people to restrain the federal government constitutionally. And that's what we're doing. Let me, the other argument people make is opportunity cost in Pandora's box. One, they're saying, hey, the things on, you just saw the, we had Elisa and Stefanik and Cortez. You have all these created crises, the country, you know, uh, evasion on the southern border, economy out of control, spending out of control, all of it out of control. We got to take all our energy to stop that. And in addition, if this happens, 
beings that source and these guys are so brilliant and so cunning that somehow they will weave their way in here. And next thing you know, you'll have Rachel Maddow and Joy Ann Reed uh, thinking up, you know, let's take out the second amendment. So what's, what about the opportunity cost? Now the house on fire, do we have time, energy and focus to do it? And number two, are you just going to open up a Pandora's box? Well, first, let's go to opportunity cost, because if we as conservatives can't walk and chew gum at the same time, we're going to lose. This is exactly how they beat us, Steve, is they create crisis after crisis. All we do is we address the crisis. We're always one step forward and two step backs back. That seems to be the Republican way. And that is a loser's way. We're going to lose by playing defense. And so we have to be on offense. And this is an offensive play. And it's not just about convention of states. We participated in over 250 elections around the country at the state legislative level in the last cycle. In 2022, we'll participate in over 450 elections. I'll give you a really specific example. We flipped the Virginia House of Delegates. Everybody knows that. The very last election to be counted in a recount was in Virginia Beach. And the woman who won that election, we have 150 activists in that district. They made over 1,200 calls to low propensity voters, and she won by 115 votes. That's a convention of states district captain. And we're doing that all over the country. So we're in the elections at school boards, state legislative, all across the country. And we need to do all of this. We're building the largest and have built the largest grassroots activist army in American history. I, I want to go back to the state legislature. Part of also the convention of states, and correct me if I'm wrong, is to shift the focus back to the state legislatures. And a lot of the work you're doing to get the federal government out of things, you're saying, hey, we need to get them out because that's the, the right rightful purview of the state legislatures. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. And we're winning in the state legislatures. If you go back to our Tea Party days, I believe now we're up over 1,400 state legislative seats that have gone Republican since the Tea Party days. And we continue to win. There were something like 164 seats that were won in 2020. I expect to see more of that. We have 31 state legislatures now controlled both houses by Republicans. That'll be 32 or 33 by the end of this cycle. It'll be 34 by the end of 2023 when we flip the Senate in Virginia. That's the place the power needs to be. And then we have the grassroots activists on the ground to make sure that those legislatures are actually doing conservative things. Okay, let's talk about the Pandora's box because uh, I want to get back to your grassroots organization yep. here in a second, but I want to go to the Pandora's box. People are afraid that when this thing gets called, it ain't going to be Mark Meckler. It's going to be Mark Elias that's going to be there making decisions and changing, taking yeah. away the Second Amendment and a couple of three others. How do you how do you convince people it will be Mark Meckler and Mark Levin, not Mark Elias? Let's just start with what the left is saying. One of the problems we have as conservatives and Republicans is we don't listen to the left and believe them. And this is what they're saying. Five years ago on Good Friday, every single leftist group in the United States of America signed a press release. It was led by Common Cause and Center on Budget and Policy Priorities, both Soros groups. It's Planned Parenthood. It's La Raza. It's MoveOn.org. Hillary Clinton has spoken out directly against this. Howard Dean has spoken out against it. And most recently, uh, you have Russ Feingold, the former socialist senator from Wisconsin, wrote an entire book about it, covered by the New York Times, covered by ABC Primetime. They say that what we're doing is the most dangerous thing happening in America. So if they thought that they could take this over, you'd think they'd be pretty excited about it. And instead now, they're throwing their entire apparatus against us. So for people on the right, who say that they're opposed to this, they've now become the tools of the radical left. It's a pretty dangerous place to be. And I'll tell you, Steve, if I found myself aligned with Hillary Clinton and MoveOn.org and Daily Cause and La Raza, I'd reconsider my position. That's where people on the right are if they're opposed to convention of states. And 
And then specifically and, and about look, opening the you, let me let me deal with the opening. You know, hang, the hang, Pandora's hang, box. Before yeah. before before the Pandora's box, I just want to say yeah. Russ Feingold is one of the smartest guys on the left. And that book of his, Absolutely. he took a lot of time to do it. We're going to, we're going to get into this topic a lot over the coming days and weeks ahead, but I just want to tee the audience up. Tell me about Pandora's box again. Yeah, look, I mean, here you mentioned the second amendment and, and this is why it frustrates me so much that people are so scared. First of all, our founders were not fearful people. They were courageous people. The framers were courageous people of faith. And so these people expressed their fear about the second amendment, for example. Now my mom retired as a law enforcement officer. My son's a Marine. We like our guns around here. We're not putting the second amendment at risk and just do the math. Currently 24 states with constitutional carry. You don't need a permit to carry your firearm. 24 states where you can actually carry your firearm in a state capital, 14 states where you can load up a long arm like your AR, sling it across your back and sit in the gallery and watch the proceedings and I'm not saying that's a good idea. I'm just saying that's the state of play. The idea that you could get 38 states to ratify an amendment to repeal the Second Amendment, that's just asinine. See, it's ridiculous, and it frustrates me that people keep saying stuff like this. Mark, you also have one of the biggest grassroots organizations, particularly focused on things like school boards, things like uh, state legislature, which is so important, particularly House of Delegates. Uh, give us a minute on that. Then I want people to be able to get to your site and start to get all the information. And we're going to work with you to get seminars and town halls so people can debate this and, 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 and get on board or say, hey, I don't support it. So go ahead. Talk to us about the grassroots, your grassroots movement. Yeah, look, this is pure grassroots. I mean, you and I known each other a long time. That's all I've ever done. I'm not interested in running for office. It's not about me having a big fancy office in D.C. What you're looking at is my office in my house. That's where the organizations run from. from. Over 5 million people in the country supporting this movement. We have activists and supporters in every single state legislative district in the United States of America. We have volunteer leadership teams at the state level in every state, grassroots coordinators, state directors. We have regional directors. We have media liaisons. This is a very sophisticated national grassroots organization that goes all the way down to the state legislative district level. If folks want to be involved in that in all sorts of politics, pro-life, pro-gun, pro-property rights, election reform, they can go to conventionofstates.com. That's where they can sign up. They can donate. They can take hit the Take Action tab and volunteer. How did they get to – what's your personal social media? Uh, the best place to get me is at markmeckler.com. That's kind of the most intimate place that I post. On Twitter, I'm just at markmeckler and then conventionofstates.com. Okay, Mark, we're going to, we want to do like we did for the Committee on the Present Danger, do, do seminars, have people, you know, be able to ask questions, all of it. So we'll have you and Rick Santorum back. But thank you very much. We appreciate your support, Steve. That. Thanks a lot. Okay, brother. Taking down the administrative state. Got to hit it from every angle. Dr. Peter Navarro on next. And then we have Charles Stallworth with an update, Stallwater with an update on the uh, rail strike. All next in the world. You know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there's been an unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time fully understand, end quote. You know who understands the real threat of inflation? People who invested in gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. They're protecting their savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying their 401k or IRA into gold. 
physical gold. It's not too late for you to take action now. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 and get the real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation information kit on protecting your savings with gold. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, we've had so much luck with these live events recently, and the ones we had uh, at the uh, at the conference on on defeating the uh, Great Reset with Charlie Kirk and the team down at Turning Point. Really want to thank them. It was just spectacular. We're going to be putting up a bunch of clips on Getter and talking about it also this afternoon and tomorrow. Um, the uh, but we're doing a massive one this afternoon uh, live. So um, the uh, and with Peter Navarre, Peter. Uh, what we know now is there's going to be a live launch event for you two hours from five to seven. We're going to be talking economics, politics, how we win in November. But most importantly, after we win, what you have to do to, to take it back through the House and the Senate and policy. We've got John Tamney, the editor in chief of Real Clear Marcus is going to be live. We have Dave Walsh is flying in for it, which is fantastic because so much to talk about in energy. I think Dave Brad's going to be there. John Fredericks, a host of other folks. Uh, talk to me about what, what's the th- what's your theory of the case on the book and why is the book relevant now for us to do a two hour special to kind of kick this thing off? Steve, let's start with the title, Taking Back Trump's America. Isn't that not our mission here on the war room? And what I do in the Taking Back Trump's America book is not only make the case of how and why we need Donald Trump back in the White House in 2024. You and I know, Steve, that the next 50 days mean that we've also first and foremost got to get the House of Representatives back from the cold hands of Nancy Pelosi and her partisan Democrats and make sure that that friggin gavel is in the hands of a Trump Republican as Speaker of the House, not Kevin McCarthy. So the Taking Back Trump's America book is all about, Steve, and I go back to the beginning when you and I were in the Trump Tower War Room in August of 2016, and we were working on populist economic nationalist themes to win the 2016 race. And fast forward to 2024 and 2022, it is populist economic nationalism and end the endless war, secure southern borders, and yes, bringing our home, our manufacturing base and supply chains. This is the essence of who we are, Steve. And it's all laid out in Taking Back Trump's America. It's a battle plan and blueprint. I just, we have a. We're gonna have this, a this is why show we have this is why we have this way in Washington yeah, to this do is what, a show. This is why we have Walsh and 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 Brad and Tamney. Remember Tamney, the reason I want to start with Tamney, he's not exactly remember, we are worker driven. The whole focus that we've done is to rebuild the manufacturing base in this country and do it around American workers and American products. And um, and so Tamney's gonna be on it. He's a little more libertarian, but it's great. Uh, Walsh is gonna be their energy expert. 
Brad is going to be there and others. So this is going to be, I'm really excited about this today from five to seven. Uh, and Peter, we're going to do a bunch of economic analysis. Horrible news today about the 10-year treasury, uh, housing worst number since 2014, 10-year bond up or uh, highest since uh, 2011. The Fed's going to meet this week. So we're going to have a lot of economic uh, news, capital markets that's going to tie to politics and tie to your life and tie to geopolitics. Yeah. So, Peter, what's your getter account? We're going to be doing it live here on Real America's Voice, uh, Frank Speech, all the different platforms of the war room up on getter also. How do people, what's your getter handle? How do people I'm, find I'm out more about this? I'm glad you raised the issue of getter, Steve, because I am so committed to getter the Twitter killer. Um, as I've been doing um, a lot of these uh, talk shows talking about taking back Trump's America book, I always make sure that the hosts are aware of Getter, if they have Getter, to ha help raise the, the profile in terms of, because Getter is really the key, Steve. Just like the war room is the key to getting information out in, in, in the radio, TV, digital streaming space, Getter is the social media key. So go to PeterNavarro.com. Real P. Navarro um, is my getter handle. It's the Twitter killer. And you can go to PeterNavarro.com and, and see all things, Navarro, including yeah. where you get the Taking Back Trump's yeah. America book. Go to Amazon to get it right now. But you can also now be getting in the bookstore starting tomorrow. So that's all good as well. By the way, for all the audience, that all the members we met, whether in St. Louis or in uh, in, uh, in the great Q&A in St. Louis was amazing. And uh, in, in Phoenix and then in uh, Southern California, Huntington Beach, uh, this would be See, what you guys are. You told me we love capital. One other thing, economics, if I may, for the yes, afternoon, sir. one other thing for the yes. afternoon show I want to do is you and I talk about um, what we need to do to take back. Trump's America. And a, a lot of times I, I stress how important it is to get Kerry Lake in Mich in Arizona, Tudor Dixon in Michigan, Doug yeah. Mastriano uh, for governors, Fincham, Arizona, Christina Corrala in Michigan for yeah. Secretary of State. What I'm going to do today is break down some of the important House seats we need to take that yeah. um, are in play yeah. that we haven't been talking about, but in terms of action, 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 and the candidate yeah. abandon, these candidates D plus need your time yeah. or your money. And I'm going to give you yeah. a nice list. Uh, that That's some breaking Perfect. news for the Battleground Show. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, brother. Thank you very much, Peter. We'll see you this afternoon, right, 5 man. to 7, live. Peter, Peter Navarro and a whole team live in Washington, D.C. We're on the road, but we're uh, essentially co-hosting. Okay, Peter, thank I, I asked Charles Stallwater, who's one of the union members of the railroad, uh, because he wrote this brilliant piece. I know he's got some other stuff going in Newsweek, a brilliant piece, a brilliant piece in Newsweek about this concept called positive train control, which really is at the heart of what this strikes about, because what they're trying to do, and we're a big believer in really thinking through automation uh, when it particularly takes not just workers jobs away but particularly workers who are kind of on top of transportation whether it's the airline industry the trucking industry uh cars the automotive industry and particularly trains charles i i've tried to the degree i could from all the public information out there from the white house and the mainstream media drill down on exactly what was agreed to and i know there's wages and, and there's some and, and and there's a big debate of whether all 12 unions are going to vote for it or 12 different unions. They all have to do it. But I didn't see anything about this concept of positive train control and particularly the getting rid of the conductors and just having the engineer run the entire train, particularly when they're 12, 14, 12, 10, 12, 14,000 feet long. Can you give us up to date? Was that resolved in this or are they kicking now, the can down the road, sir? Yeah, no. So 
is basically kicking the can down the road. And I think what happened, what as a matter of fact, I know what happened is that this this whole situation got so much heat that the railroads, which have been trying to get single man crews in there for the for just for a long time, they're waiting for everything to kind of you know get a little bit below the radar before they just before they start to start trying to implement that again. And that's um that's basically the way that that they're going to do this. And the thing is, is that there's no long term plans in there. There's the, the long term plans are that you're going to go to the single man crew. If they if they were to show me something long, I'm sorry, there's that's a short term um, plan is to is to just make us, you know, pacify us right now. If they were to show me something long term, it would be that both the engineer and the conductor are able to control the train. If you're going to be on the main line, actually taking trains back and forth, you would you would have both people, just like a pilot and a co-pilot, you would have both of those people but, actually yeah. able to control a train. Because we have had but, uh, engineers yeah. have an but, but, but I want I want to make sure the audience understands there's two converging forces here. You're saying also economies of scale that the trains are now 10, 12, 14,000 yeah. feet long. you got these massive trains, and they're still the concept they have is a single person on a computer that that controls a bigger and bigger set of cars. Isn't that setting us up for just catastrophe? And you yeah, see these trains, I mean, is it... it so are the union's going to fight. Are the unions are the unions going to the union boss is going to take a stand on this because this is a massive they, public safety issue for the American people. They have been fighting on this uh, here, here and there. Like I said, it's, it's it's more we're being approached more like, well, it's coming, so we just might as well be prepared for it. But the thing is, is that if to me, if a, if the union really wanted to fight for this, they this would be something that's on primetime TV. I would have a commercial with a train with which honestly they really want to go really long term to nobody in the cab at all and these trains are uh, and they're basically all computer controlled that's really what it's what it really wants what they really want to do if the union really wanted to put this in the face of the american people have a commercial actually show a train or something like that going down the track with nobody on it because that's exactly or someone or one person that is actually the person's tired worn out you you're just you're completely just in control of this fourteen thousand foot train you hope that if something happens to you that the computer that there's no kind of issues or anything else because we have had issues with the computers losing the gps signal and things like that, or actually thinking that it's on a, you know, that it's on a possibly the wrong track or something like that. Overall, it's actually a great thing, just like autopilot. It's a great thing. I will say that. But to sit back and say that you're just going to start eliminating people from actually controlling the train, it just makes no sense to me. And like I said, if you want to go long term, have the conductor dual qualified with the engineer and say, hey, if something happens to the engineer, which has happened more than just once, it's happened a few times, the engineer has a heart, like I said before, has a heart attack. And next thing you know, this conductor that that's not trained to actually uh, uh, control the train is, is having to be told over the radio how to control the train so we can get this train up, so we can get this, this body off of the train because, you know, there we are. 
Charles, we got to bounce. When, you're you're, you're going to come out with another Newsweek column? Is that what, what I understand? One's in the works right now? Yeah. And um, um, the, I'm, the, the next one is basically, I just want to make sure that people know that it isn't just the transportation side, but it's also the jobs that are being tacked on the maintenance side as well. People that are maintaining Perfect. the track and things like that. Perfect. Real quickly, what's your social media? How did they get to you, Charles? Uh, it's Charles Stallworth. <laughs> Y'all got my name wrong on that one, but it's uh, Stallworth, okay. S-T-A-L-L-W-O-R-T-H. And it's uh, at Metal underscore Gear uh, 88. At, um, uh, that's, that's my Twitter, and I have my, my YouTube channel and everything on there. Perfect. Charles, looking forward to having you back up when the uh, when the Newsweek cars are up. Thank you very much, sir. Appreciate it. Back in a moment. Friends, if you've ever wanted to stock up on emergency food and save a ton of money at the same time, now is your chance. For just a few days more, my Patriot Supply is knocking $250 off their three-month emergency food kit. This is the lowest price in three years, and it may not happen again because of inflation. So don't miss your chance to save big on the emergency food you're going to need when the food shortages hit. Go to preparewithbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com right now and stock up while it's affordable. My Patriot Supply is charging less so they can help families more, but they can't do this all day long. Remember, this food stays fresh for up to 25 years, so it's ready the moment you need it. Right now, you'll save 250 bucks on each three-month emergency food kit you order at preparewithbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com. This is the lowest price in years, but this price will be gone in just a matter of days. Go to preparewithbannon.com right now. Preparewithbannon.com. Use your agency. Action, action, action. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, we're going to get to, uh, we've got two other people that are driving towards making sure we get victories, not just in November, but victories overall. We've got Karen Siegman's going to join us in a minute from the American Freedom Alliance and Tony Perkins from the Family Research Council. Remember, we're, we're doing a gathering of the tribes of every grassroots organization that is pushing for victory here because there's no substitute for victory. We've got breaking news. We've got Boris Epstein joins us by phone. Boris, a lot of activity over the weekend, and I do know you went with the president out to Ohio. Can you give us updates on all the legal and how the, how the, um, how the, Ohio, uh, uh, how the Ohio rally turned out? Steve, it's an honor to be with you, honor to be with the posse, and let me tell you something. It was an absolute, otherworldly, I'd say almost religious experience to be there at the Ohio rally in Youngstown Saturday night during the Ohio State game, packed house, and President Trump brought nothing but heat, heat on weaponization of law enforcement, heat on our destroyed border, heat on our destroyed American economy, all done by feckless Joe Biden and his pathetic, terrible regime. This, this rally, I've been, you know, had the honor of being to a good number of them. This, this rally absolutely stood out. It was bar none. President Trump is in vintage form, and the, the War Room Posse, the MAGA movement under the but, hang on, President hang Trump hang on, is hang more on, than ever. Hang on, hang on, hang on, whoa, hang on. So Ben Burkholm had to put out a, a, a thing. A lot of the mainstream media were showing pictures, you know, an hour beforehand or an hour and a half beforehand, empty seats, and a lot of them are trying to make the case, the mainstream media, that, in fact, Trump's lost heat and there's harder 
to fill these venues and that this venue wasn't totally full. So what's what, what's the Ben Burkham's actually putting out stuff on Getter and other social media platforms to combat that lie. But t- tell me from your perspective, what's going on here with the mainstream media? The mainstream media is spinning. They're spinning because the heat is with MAGA. The heat is with President Trump. And they're literally making up stories, just like that fake New York Times story that said, oh, maybe the campaigns don't really want President Trump to come do rallies. That is utterly, disgustingly false. Every major campaign out there, every major Republican campaign that wants to win is dying for President Trump. And hey, J.D. Vance came out on Breitbart just you know a couple of minutes, maybe an hour after that story, Bob saying, of course we want President Trump. And hey, look at the numbers. President Trump is up by 14, according to Emerson, in the state of Ohio, while the Senate race is effectively tied, according to the same polling. So, you know, any suggestion, any suggestion that, that, that there is not absolute and full domination of American politics by President Trump and MAGA is absolutely false. And it was on full display on Saturday night in Ohio. Absolutely robust. Okay, can you get us up to speed on all the uh, uh, more the, the DOJ throwing a uh, a what a stay in in the middle of the night on Friday? What's the latest updates? Still, they're doing everything they can to avoid judicial oversight over their review of the documents taken during the legal, unconstitutional, unwarranted raid of the president's home in Mar-a-Lago. By the way, president the president's been commenting about on truth he's back at mar-a-lago now the scene of that raid and break-in and saying that yes you better believe the doj absolutely ransacked beautiful mar-a-lago ransacked his family home in florida so the doj trying to avoid that judicial oversight going for an emergency stay in the 11th circuit the they've already put their filing in on that and the, the 11th circuit has requested a reply from president trump and his team that is due tomorrow at noon, also tomorrow, at two o'clock, the first status conference with the special master, which has been appointed because no matter what's going on now with this back and forth on the state in the 11th Circuit and then a separate appeal by the government in the 11th Circuit, they're doing all they can to avoid that oversight, to avoid any sort of transparency, to avoid any sort of responsibility. While all that's going on, the, the law of the land on this issue is Judge Cannon's ruling. And that ruling has appointed a special master, and it has an injunction in place against the use of any of the documents gotten in the raid in the criminal investigation. So the first status conference with the special master, Judge Geary, is also tomorrow. That is at 2 o'clock. So a lot of moving parts, but the bottom line is Judge Cannon's order, her strong, decisive order, is what stands right now. The government is enjoined from using any of the documents, any of the information taken in the raid, in any criminal investigation, and the special master, the judicial oversight is in place. President Trump continues to win on all fronts. Now, I know we're winning because The Guardian's got a big article up there. I haven't posted on Getter yet saying that, uh, oops, we're finally seeing the sting of the Trump uh, justices, the judges that he put. So I know, I know now their big complaint is that you got these Trump judges and they're all fascists and they're all MAGA, they're all ultra MAGA. So the, the progressive left media is now starting to get the joke. They're melting down as people actually start to use the rule of law and not the weaponization as the DOJ and the FBI. By the way, also in the polling, I think it's the first time ever that the negative, very negative uh, on the FBI outweighs very positive by a significant number. It's pretty shocking. But the FBI has brought this on themselves, uh, and particularly in the case with President Trump and the rest of the MAGA folks. Boris, how do people get to you on social media now more than ever, sir? 
Steve, here's what I'm asking before I go. And there's an Axios story, believe it or not, that shows how big we're winning. They said, you know, Democrats had a little bit of an uptick in enthusiasm, but now Republicans and MAGA are on the rise. Why? Because the people are disgusted with this raid, with the weaponization of law enforcement and targeting of political opponents. President Trump continuing to stand tall, continuing to fight for, for our country and our Constitution. You could find me on my website, BorisCP.com, hot on BorisCP.com, hot on Getter at BorisCP, on Twitter at BorisCP, and the hot hot on true social at Boris, and of course, the hottest on the grand Boris on the square upside. Stay strong, God bless, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, thanks very much, Boris. Appreciate it. Okay, I want to bring in Karen Siegman now from the American Freedom Alliance. Uh, Karen, first off, you've been fighting the fight of anti-globalization, anti-globalism uh, for yes. as long as I remember. Walk us through, what, what is, what is the, what's the driving force? What's the raison d'etre of the American Freedom Alliance? What are you guys trying to accomplish? When I first heard about it, which was before I became head of it, um, the, the fundamental notion was the uh, preservation and defending of Western civilization, which I remember thinking that sounds a little bit hysterical. But the fact is, as you know, um, it's not hysterical at all. It's existential. It's very real. It's of real concern. Um, our Judeo-Christian values on which we are founded are being destroyed on a daily basis. Every every fundamental precept that on which the United States is built and Western civilization is built has is has been under attack. I always thought it was by the left, which of course it is, but it's deeper than that, as I've learned. Every single institution is under attack, education, media, religion, banking, um, you name it, it's it's under attack. So they want to destroy us. They want to destroy everything that brings prosperity, everything that brings freedom, everything that brings um, out the best of humanity. Um, they have been seeking to destroy. And my original uh, fight was against the media. Without the media, they couldn't do anything. But now it's uh, it's definitely grown. And my battle has, my view of it has. It's sort of like putting on, you know, new kind of glasses that allows you to see infrared and various other colors of the spectrum um, or light of the spectrum. And once you start to see what's going on, um, you can't help but try to broadcast it, as I know. That's that's your raison d'etre as well. As, as, as you talk about this and you say alliance, what are you guys trying to accomplish? I know we're going to talk about the conference in a second, but what's the yeah. driving force? Of, what, what, are, what are your objectives? Well, Without people working together again, as you know, um, we're just <laughs> we're just voices in the wind, or that's what it feels like. And uh, so we are an alliance. We um, when when AFA was originally founded, there were five specific threats that we fought against: Islamization of Europe, um, global governance, radical environmentalism, indoctrination of, rather than education in schools, and propaganda rather than information in the media. So. Um, anybody who was part of the, any of those fights we have taken on as allies. Since then and during COVID, we became, you know, more focused on mandates. We had a Choose Freedom Coalition, and we were working in those directions to fight mandates, to fight emergency orders, to fight everything going on in schools. We need to be talking with one another. We need to be working together. Um, I know, probably same as you, every time I turn around, somebody blossoms up and says, oh, my goodness, you know, we need to start doing this thing. And, and you want to let them know that there are already people working on this thing and maybe we should all be working together. 
Uh, you're also uh, the, the Alliance done a great job of reaching out and having voices from Europe and other parts of the world so that an American yeah. audience can actually meet these people and understand that this is a joint. Yeah. This is a joint fight. Tell us about that. Right. We have had allies. Um, we continue to have allies in Europe. Uh, October 2019, our last big hurrah before the world shut down. Um, we had a global freedom movements conference and it was astounding. We had about 24 speakers from around the world, including uh, uh, we, many, many, many from Europe. We had Terry Baudet from the Netherlands. We had um, people from England, Belgium, Italy, France, uh, Germany, Austria. And then we actually had an entire panel from South Korea. And that was absolutely fascinating. And we had decided we would we would remain allies, and this that, that October 2019 event would be the first of many annual, such annual events. And of course, then the world shut down. But we're, we're trying to spin that back up. And the idea of that was, of that conference, the Global Freedom Movements Conference, was all these people all around the world are fighting each their own battles in their own countries, but who they were fighting against was very similar. Again, it was all, all against the left. It all turns out against the globalists. It was against the EU. Yeah. It's against the UN. It's all against these things. But each in their own country were feeling like they were fighting alone. And so getting them all together in this one place in Southern California was unbelievably powerful, not only for our audience, but, but for the speakers as well. So in Southern California, the 1st and 2nd of October, you're going to kick it back off. Uh, I'm actually yeah. going to be there and be one of the key speakers yeah. on the 1st. Tell people, I want, it's, and we want people from all over California, and quite frankly, Arizona, Nevada, and throughout the country to attend. But walk people yes. through, where do they go? Uh, what are they going to see? And how do they, how do they find out more information about this? Because this is going to be a big deal. It's your first one coming back from COVID. It will be astounding. Um, again, once you start looking at things and you put on different glasses and see and you, you're able to see much more, um, we realized, as of course you have, there are globalist puppet masters. Who are they? And two, year, two years ago, people had said, you know, we think we have representative government, but we really don't. We think we have local control, but we don't. We think we have, you know, a voice, but we don't. There are really people pulling the strings. I, I Really, two years ago, I thought they were crazy. Now I know they're not crazy. I know that they're, this is all for real. There are globalist puppet masters um, from NGOs, World Economic Forum, Rockefeller, um, Club of Rome, to the United yeah. Nations, to, yeah. you know, all these organizations are woven together. And, you know, this is my international symbol for puppet yeah. masters. They've, they're pulling on the strings of who we so, think are elected. They are elected officials. But, so so how, yeah. how do they get, where do they go to get information? When many people attend online and in person, where do people go? Go to AmericanFreedomAlliance.org. That's where you can find the link for tickets. It will be in Southern California, October 1 and 2. You'll be speaking October 1st um, at the conference. And we also have a post-conference dinner on the 1st. It's also on the 2nd. We have about a dozen, a dozen outstanding speakers, including Ed Dowd, who I know has been on your show. He has a new book coming yes. up. Mike Reckenwald, also a book coming up. Steve Coughlin, Incredible. James Lindsay, Michael Fallon, who you were just with. Um, it's going to yes. be an amazing yes. event. So American This is an all-star cast. We're going to do a lot more in the run-up to this. Karen, thank you very much. We've been fighting the good fight, Thanks. and this is a massive conference. Everybody's got, in particular in the area, has got to attend. 
online also. Okay, Tony Perkins, Family Research Council, next in the war room. In Joe Biden's America, criminals are exalted and the police are condemned. Sad to say, but you need to be prepared and properly trained to defend yourself and to defend your family. Thankfully, there's iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range, and with inflation causing the price of ammo to skyrocket, you save a ton of money. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start your training experience. iTarget will help you develop muscle memory, sharpen target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, and more iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Go to iTargetPro.com right now and save 10% plus. Get free shipping with the offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, all one word. This makes a great gift for Father's Day and is less expensive than a few hours at the range. That's the letter iTargetPro.com. That's iTargetPro.com. Offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. Better has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, make sure you go to MyPillow.com. The Percale Sheet Sale. Remember, if you're at the Ramparts and you're only getting four hours a night, you need to get great sleep. So go to MyPillow.com. Promo code WARROOM for the Percale Sheets. The sale's not going to last forever. Also, you got all the buy one, get one freeze. All of it. All there on our square at uh, MyPillow.com. Promo code WARROOM. Mike's going to be on this afternoon this, with, at the Peter Navarro live event we're doing here uh, to uh, talk about the lawsuits he's going to drop in the FBI and the DOJ. So we'll get a full update on the armor piercing show. Ask Tony Perkins. To, uh, he's jammed for time, but we asked Tony to join us today. Tony, I, I heard uh, the summit last week and people should know the structure. When people come from Labor Day, all the different groups had these summits or, or conferences and it's to get the motive force and, and the drive uh, to the election day, this time for the midterms. Tony, I heard the Family Research Council summit was just on fire. I, I heard enthusiasm, the size of it, the intensity of it, the quality of the workshops, but just everybody coming together saying, hey, we know what we got to do. Let's go ahead and do it. Walk us through what happened, sir. Well, Steve, thanks. Great to be with you. Well, it was our Pray Vote Stand Summit, and this is reaching those um, sage cons, um, which we call spiritually active, governance-engaged conservatives. And uh, you and I have talked about that, but there are, there are about uh, 23 million Americans out there that vote, and they were 14% of the vote in 2020, but they were about 30% of President Trump's vote. These are This is a, a very significant crowd. That's why the media wants to ignore them. They want them to go away. Uh, that's why uh, we hear all this stuff about Christian nationalism. Uh, what we're talking about here over this weekend, the Pray Vote Stand Summit, was about American history, about how people of faith have been involved in our country. And so that was the message we brought. And as you said, it re folks responded, they are not going away. They're going to engage because they know what's at stake. You know, they had four years of freedom. They had four years of prosperity. And now they have 
You know, we're two years into the misery and people want to see change. The, the, the media, and, and they did this, as you know, because you've been around 2010 and these other years we had these massive wins, particularly in 2010. They always come at the end and try to have these suppression polls on stuff. Right now they're saying, oh, my gosh, Roe v. Wade and the Christian Nationalist and all these crazy evangelicals and traditional Catholics, the craziest of the crazy, the craziest hobbits out there have now teed off Karen because of the abortion. And they're signing up in bigger numbers. And the Republicans went from a tsunami to a puddle. Uh, coming out of the summit, do you do you buy that? No, I don't. I, I, this is what I think. And by the way, all the panels were great. Steve Cortez was there talking about the Hispanic community and the engagement. And and here's what's happening. And I think this discovery, this is something I think you and I have been talking about for years. But the fact that the Hispanic community shares our values, the way to reach them are these basic core American values, not government handouts, what the Democrats are going after them for. They want purpose. They want meaning. That's why they're coming to America. And so when we look at these issues of the sanctity of human life in the family, really, in one of the panels we talked about with George Barna and uh, Mark Nuttles was the... The, the family has become the last bastion for Americans. Everything else has failed them, and they're going to do whatever they have to do. They're going to circle the wagons around the family. And so this is where the Hispanic community comes in. That's one of the reasons they're coming here to this country is that they want the best for their family. And the last thing they want are some Marxists destroying their family because that's what they fled. Tony, give us a minute on, uh, you know, you and General Boykin have been doing such great work for many, many years. T tell our audience, maybe those who don't, are not that familiar, what is Family Research Council? Why is this so important and why have you been such a bedrock of the conservative movement? Well, well Steve, we've been around. In fact, this next year we'll celebrate 40 years. I've been here uh, going on 20 years at the Family Research Council. We work uh, on policy in our nation's capital and in state capitals across the country. We work to shape policy as it pertains to the family from a Christian perspective. We're unapologetically Christian. We believe that the Bible, the founders believe that the Bible was good enough to build a nation upon. We believe it's good enough to continue to guide a nation today. And so that's that's the perspective we come from. We have a political arm, which was a co-sponsor of this event, but our work is primarily uh, on policy. And that's what we did during the Trump administration. Uh, you and I talked many times and we made tremendous strides in those four years. Of course, a lot of that has been lost in the last two years. So what we, when you look at the sage cons, and, and, and I know that's a term that's unfamiliar to most, that's spiritually active governance engaged conservatives. And if someone wants to take a quick survey to see if they're a sage con, they can actually text the word sage con to 67742. At 67742, the word SAGECON, that's S-A-G-E-C-O-N, and you can take a quick 10-question summary uh, uh, survey. And, and basically, it is, it is this. These are people, and they're all across this country, Steve, and you know them because you saw how important they were in 2016. They show up, regardless of what the media says about the candidate, you know, they did everything they could to discourage these conservative Christians for, for, from voting for Donald Trump. But he embraced conservative policies that were in line with their faith. And the reason they're involved yes. politically is because of their faith. That's why I'm doing this. I was a police officer. I was happy with what I was doing. But I'm engaged in the process because my faith led me to be. And that's what a sage con is. And here's the thing that the media doesn't like, Steve. And you know that these people won't go away. 
So they have to do everything they can to discourage them, marginalize them. And this is why alternative media is so important, like what you're doing and others, because now the legacy media has completely shut them out and does not even talk about their issues from a perspective that they can identify. All that's designed to make them feel isolated. That's why we do the Pray Vote Stand Summit. And we we had so much information and folks can actually find it. They can go back and look at prayvotestand.org. We've got all of it archived there with the speakers. Uh, few, a few political leaders, but mostly spiritual, cultural leaders, those who are actually yes. walking through this, experiencing the hostility in the public school classroom, parents who have had their rights taken away by you know the educational establishment, attacked by the culture, those that are taking on Disney and woke corporations and how you can be a part of that fight. That is what this weekend was about. Tony, we're going to send everybody to the site, and we're also going to have them do the uh, text and take the uh, take the uh, test and see if they're a sage kind or not. Tony Perkins, you're a rock. I'm telling you, one of the major, major reasons that the first Trump administration was so successful. So thank you very much, sir. Tony Perkins, Framework Research Council. Back here at 5 o'clock tonight, it's going to be wild. Peter Navarro in D.C. We're going to be on the road, LinkedIn. See you back here at 5. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM Health, all one word, WARROOMHealth.com. 
Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.